We are uh, continuing in this topic, the object of our faith. The idea is that we need to understand what it is that, that <clears throat> is the priority of who we are. We really need to have an understanding of why we worship the way we worship, why we worship, not the, the thing we worship, but who we worship. And so when I use this phrase, the object of our faith, and you can get these little art things out at the boot, at the welcome desk if you want them, but, but the idea is to understand that, that the book of Hebrews focuses uh, just completely on Jesus, on what God has accomplished through His Son, His heir, the, the King of kings. He is king, He is high priest, he is, he, he, is, he is all of those things. And so when we come together and make the, the statement, it's all about Jesus, it's always about Jesus, it's only about Jesus, then, then the emphasis of that is, is that, that we're going to direct our hearts and our minds to Jesus. So in Hebrews chapter 2, we're just dealing with verses 10 through 13 this morning, so here they are. Uh, For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. All right, let's pray together. God, we want to thank you for all that you've accomplished. God, indeed, for all that you've done, and, and we look at it from the big picture of your word and, and, and creation and eternity past to earn eternity future and understanding, God, that you are always at work. You continue to work, and, and God, your work continues in us on a daily basis. And so, God, as we, as we understand and see what you've done in, in, in your word and understand what you've accomplished through Christ, God, it has an impact, not simply on our daily to-do list, but it has an impact on who we are. So God, help us to realize who we are and, and how you have directed that and guided that. And so God, we just uh, ask that you help us understand and pay attention this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to have to dial me back a little bit. I know y'all have reset this thing. This All right, so all the audio resets have taken place. Y'all notice there's a new drum drum kit back there it's electronic you can't tell that because they hid it from us and so they've reset everything everybody knows there's not so much clutter on the platform they cleaned everything up this week i tell you what uh, michael and jared and and host of others just kind of straightened things up and and that's all very good so uh, excited that uh, but yeah okay now i sound more natural thank you very much I was starting to echo in my own head, which is not a good thing. All right, so growing up, I, I went to, and I mentioned it last week, Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church, and we would do this thing every Sunday at the end of worship, right? We'd do this thing as a congregation, and, and what they would do is they would say, all right, uh, join hands with your neighbor. And so all through the room, you know, there was two sides like this, and went all the way to the back, and so they'd cross over the aisle in the middle, and everybody join hands. You know what that did to us? It made us pick wisely where we sat. Because <laughs> you'd look across the aisle when you went to sit down, and you'd go, I, I'm, I'm moving back a row. I don't want to hold hands with that guy, right? 
right? That kind of thing. And then we'd sing this song, and it went like this. I'm not going to sing it to you, but I am going to. It's a, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed by His blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. Always thought that was a funny line. Travel this sod. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Well, I understand, you know, theoretically what, what the congregation and the pastor and everybody was creating was this. Let's join hands and, and, and have this sort of physical expression of what it means for us to be the family of God, you know. And we'd sing that together. Well, as a kid, you know, you hear words the way you want to hear them, right? Joint heirs with Jesus. I didn't know what that meant. So we'd sing, join hands with Jesus. Join hands with Jesus. It fit, right? As we travel this sod. And I was always like, sod? Now, that was back when you planted grass seeds. There was no such thing as sod when I was a kid. Right? You planted your grass and, and waited for it to grow. But that song, it stuck with me. And then Angie, I was talking to her about it this morning. She said, yeah, I remember singing that. We did it at, at First Baptist Buford when I was the youth pastor there. And so, so this idea of creating family uh, is, is a, it's actually very real in the Word of God. I've said that, that for, for me to, to call us several things, I use several phrases to refer to the body of Christ. One is the body of Christ. One is the gathering of the saints. The other is the fellowship of believers. Or you can call us the family of God. So what does it take to be family? What, what, what has to be done to be family? I mean, I know my family. I got born into it, right? That's the way we say it in the South. I was born into it, right? So I grew up understanding who mom and daddy were, right? I mean, as a baby, you start out with that old mama, dada, whatever. Understand that uh, a few years after I was the only one around, suddenly my little sister was born. She disrupted my whole life. No, I'm just kidding, Mel. I'm just joking. You did not, Melanie. Melanie is watching with my dad this morning. But my point is, is that, that, that the creation of family, right, this, this understanding of what family means is, is quite honestly, I believe, originates in the Father heart of God. That, that God in, in creation established, you know, the two that He created in creation, Adam and Eve. And then, then, then we get this impression from Genesis that, that He hung out with them. And, and, and then we hear throughout Scripture this father, this father communication of, of God as, as a heavenly father, right? And so we understand in our sort of context that, that, that there is this, this, this idea of, of our father, and I mean, how did Jesus pray it, right? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name, right? And so, so we understand that in Christ, as Christians, that we have become a part of God's family. Several years ago, I heard a, a story, and it was one of the gathering members here, and it's not my story, so I can't tell it, but it was interesting that, that they were talking about adoption, and right now, we, we've got several uh, folks that, uh, you know, uh, we, we've sort of partnered with the Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina to to, to try to get every child that's in the system into a home, 
of some sort. And that's, that's Baptist churches all across the state. And so, so we've got one couple that's already, I mean, she's out there, right? She's, she's got three kids uh, that, that, that are in her home now. So now she's got six kids in her home. And I'm like, whew, right? And, and, and we've got two other couples who are in the, in the application process because I've had to write references for them that, yes, you know, they are actively a part of this body of Christ and serving God. And, and yes, they, they have a, a nice home and, and, and stable environment and fostering kids would be a great thing and all that thing. Right? And so, 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 so this idea of fostering an adoption is to bring someone into the family, right? So, so what does it take to be family? What, 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 what is it that we're looking at in this particular verses? I mean, it, it, it's just four verses. For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was entirely appropriate that God, for whom and through whom all things exist, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. So that one verse, what is he saying right there? He's saying, he's saying that, that we as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, are brought to glory. So what did it take for God to make us a part of his family? You see, this is, this is a big deal in, in the book of Hebrews because, because the writer of Hebrews is explaining to his audience, to the hearers or the readers of it, that, that, that Christ, Christ, the Son, the heir, creator, sustainer, radiance of God's glory and the exact essence, the exact expression of God's essence, right? That, that Christ, the, God the Son, became Humanity became human. He was birthed into this, this existence. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. What my, can't, no, we can't even imagine. Christ in glory stepped into this filth. Can I just put it that way? Can we admit that the Christ who knew no sin, the Jesus who had existed in the presence of God, by God's will and voluntarily came down to hang out with us. Right? Think about that a minute. How many of y'all know people you don't want to hang out with? Go ahead. Yeah, see? Some of you willingly raise your hand. Yes, I know people just... Here, here's the even worse question. How many of you got family members you don't want to hang out with? <laughs> right? I mean, just think about that a minute. I mean, these are flesh and blood people that, that, that we're connected to in, in family and genealogy and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and then you go to family reunion and you go, oh, right? It's worse than share, holding hands across the aisle and choosing your seat so you don't have to hold hands with that guy. You see? So when I start to consider what did God do to make me his kid? To adopt me into his family. What did it cost to make me a child of his? It took the death of his only begotten to adopt me. You see? And, 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 and in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. I have been, just by God's own adoption and Christ's death, I have been brought to glory. 
Now, it doesn't look like it, I know, yet. Right? I mean, you look around. I mean, I've seen people sometimes and I go, God, did you really? I mean, you see my point? My point is, is that, that, that the price that was paid to make us a part of God's family is, is more than we can imagine. Now, I grew up in church. I keep telling you all this through the daily devotionals and on Sunday mornings. I grew up in church. Mom and dad raised me in a Christian home. They shared Jesus with me. They made sure I was in Sunday school and worship, and, and, and they made sure that I was in, in, in discipleship trainings, that we called it training union back then. Uh, I was in the RAs, and, and, and they made sure that, that, that I was receiving this spiritual education all of my life. Now, I'll go ahead and admit to you, I went through those years where I was like, ah, right? I don't know if I want to be a part of that family. See what I mean? But, but, but when I began to realize, wait a minute, to follow Jesus, to, to, to be, now that, that's an important phrase, follow Jesus, to, to be God's son through the shed blood of Jesus Christ is this incredible uh, gift, but, but I don't think I realized growing up in a Christian home the price that was paid to bring me to glory. You see? So as we study through Hebrews, this is what we're realizing is, is that God intentionally, willfully planned to kill His only begotten Son. Now we're sitting here going, wait a minute, God got... Well, no, look. Jesus, the Son, fulfilled God's will and plan on the cross. Right? Now, there's all this argument about, well, who killed him? Did the Jews kill him? Did the Romans kill him? I, I'm not even going to worry about that. Because God was at work from, Je from Genesis in creation when He said that the, the, the seed of woman would crush the head of Satan. We're going to get to that as we continue working through this. But when I look at this thing and I say, you know, that, that for whom and through whom... Alright, so... For in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. Yay, welcome to glory. Here, you know, here's a little exercise for you. Look at your neighbor, even if you're not sitting close to someone, and tell them their glory. Say, your glory. Go ahead. How, how, how'd that feel? Now, did any of you look at your neighbor and go, uh, wait a minute, your glory. You see, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that God did a work to bring us to glory. And, and it goes on to say it was entirely appropriate that God for whom and through whom all things exist should make the pioneer. Now that word pioneer coming out of Greek is a reference to being the, the trailblazer, the one who, who goes before Everybody that comes behind him. And so Christ is that pioneer of our salvation. He's the one that enacted our salvation by dying and, and, and rising again. And then that, that word perfect, uh, the pioneer of their salvation, perfect through sufferings. It wasn't that Jesus wasn't perfect. It means that through his sufferings, he completed the pioneering work of salvation for our behalf. That's how God brought us to glory. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Now, back to the story of adoption. Uh, I, I was listening to this testimony. I thought it was cool. And they were adopting a child. And they said, you know, said the day that the judge said, 
She's now yours. See, that child was secure from that day forward. That child had a family. That child hadn't had a family before. That child now had a family. That child now had a father and a mother and siblings. You see? When in salvation we receive uh, the redemption that God has given us and God says, you belong to me now. You're my family. I've adopted you. You call me Abba, Father. You see, what did God do to make us a part of His family? The one who sanctifies or sets apart. That's what sanctifies mean. The one who sets apart and those who are set apart all have one Father. So Christ is the one who has done this work that provides us with this sanctification, this righteousness that is not our own, this holiness that we can't earn and we don't deserve it. That's why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. What is He saying? Look at that. That is why. Alright, so... We've already joked and laughed and thank you for laughing along with me because I got family members at family reunion that I avoid too. Jesus had every right to look at the sin in this world and go, that's, that's bad. But he said, that's bad and I'm going to die in their place. Then he knelt in a garden. He said, God, if there's any other way, Father, if there's any other way, but your will be done. And he took the beating. And he died the death. That belonged to us. You see. Because of sin. We deserve death. Okay. Jesus died in our place. What did it take to adopt you? What did it take to make you a part. Of God's family. You see, it's really important that we understand the magnitude of, of, of what God has done on our behalf. Because the prophetic words here, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. Jesus is the one proclaiming the Father to the brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. Again, I will trust in Him. And again, here I am with the children God gave me. Do you belong to God? See, I'm, you know, I like to give us the benefit of doubt. You know, you, you all showed up this morning. You're all here for a reason. And so, so if we accept the benefit of the doubt and say, yes, I belong to God. Yes, I'm God's child. I'm a part of God's family. Right? Then, then you know something I can't get away from? Right now, many of you know I travel back and forth to South Carolina and do things with mom and dad and that sort of thing. And, and a lot of times, like this week, you know, I, I had to explain some things. People say, uh, well, what's your dad's full name? And I say, Robert Earl Owings Sr. You know what? I can't get away from that. They say, and what's your name? I said, just change one letter, the S and the J. I'm Robert Earl Owings Jr., right? I'll bear that. Until I am no more, right? So, so then our identity in Christ, if we're part of the family of God, if we're part of, uh, of God's family and we are God's kids, then do we bear that identity throughout every aspect of our lives? Do we live it out? 
I mean, I'm going to keep challenging on this because, because uh, God intended by inspiration for this whole book of Hebrews to emphasize, to prioritize Jesus. I think as we study through it, then, then God's expectation of us is that we emphasize and prioritize Jesus in our lives. See, we were brought to glory through the shed blood of Jesus. We've been called siblings. I, 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 brother, that's what it says. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will sing hymns to you in the congregation. See, we're siblings. Joint heirs with Jesus. See, I used to describe it this way. I've told you all the story of my dad's my mom, and it's still there actually, my mom, mom and dad bought a, a, um, a living room, den kind of furniture suit about the time I was born, because uh, it's still in the front room at the house now, and it's got all this early American print on it, and, and it's one of the reasons why I said as I was becoming an adult that I would never put early American anything in my house. Anyway, this, this, this couch is still there, and there's this swivel rocker. I know what a swivel rocker is. It turns like this, and it rocks like this. There's no recliner to it, but, but that was my dad's chair, right? And, and so my dad would come in from work, and he'd sit down with the index journal, and he'd sit in that swivel rocker, and he'd snap that paper open in the evening, and he'd be reading the newspaper, right? Well, then as, an, as a teenager, I got real s sarcastic about it. And so I'd come in the house from wherever I had been at school or whatever, or later in the evening, if out with friends or something, that I'd just I'd go and sit in his lap and crush his paper. He's my dad. Right? And I was getting close to being as tall as he was, and I just thought it was funny that I'd sit in his lap in that swivel rocker as a bigger teenage kid and crush his newspaper. I thought that was funny. Until later in life when I started to think about my impression and the imagery of God on His throne to me. You know, a lot of people want to put God in front of some dark brown judges board like that with a big old, big old chair and a black robe and pointing down across the, 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 the judge's bench at those who deserve a, a sentence and a punishment. You know, and a lot of people have that view of God or, 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 or God the King on a throne and how it's, it's dangerous to approach and yet God the Father adopted me as His kid. And He said, you can call me Abba. You can call me Daddy. And spiritually speaking, folks, He says, you can come sit in my lap. See that? So years ago, I started describing God's throne in my mind as a swivel rocker with early American print. Okay? He's my heavenly daddy. And when I say that, there have been people through the years who've gotten real uncomfortable with me referring to God as my heavenly daddy. But do you know, in the difficult times of life, when the challenges seem to mount up, when things get hard to talk about or 
things get tough, right? None of y'all have ever experienced that, right? We've all got it made. Do you know what? It's in those, those, those still, quiet, morning hours. And I'll go ahead and tell you, 2 o'clock this morning, I woke up. I just called on my heavenly daddy. I said, Daddy, I'm glad you're awake because you never sleep or slumber. I'm glad you meet me in these, these dark moments. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad, I'm glad that you paid the price to make me yours. We've been given. See, that's what he says. Here I am with the children God gave me. That's what Jesus is saying. We're joint heirs. We belong to God. The world wants to convince you otherwise. The world wants to lead you down a path of, of, of destruction because Satan is the one that guides so much of what's going on around us. You see? I belong to God. And whatever else falls apart in the world, and trust me, it's falling apart. God's still sitting on His throne and He still invites me into His presence because I belong to Him. I can trust that. I can live that every day. See? Because my big brother died for me. See that? Hmm. See, I just I, I don't want to forget that at any point of any day in my life. I belong to God. He holds me in the palm of his hand. Don't forget it. See, if you don't have that this morning, you've never trusted Jesus for salvation and redemption. If, if, if there's that, I'm going to call it what it is, that fear and that question. I shared one day this week in one of the devotionals that one of my professors once said, you got to know that you know that you know. That you belong to God. See? We can have that assurance. We can live that assurance. If you don't know Jesus this morning, we want you to. We want you to be a part of God's family. See that? Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you know you've trusted Jesus. But it's been difficult to live it. This is where I always like to quote Pastor Nick. You know, it's... It's simple to be a Christian. It's just not easy. You've got to get out there and live it. You've got to make it the priority. You've got to make it the focus of your identity. You see, not just in this room, but out there. See, run to the Father because He's invited you to. Okay? All righty. We're going to sing one more song, give you the opportunity. To respond to God. If you don't know God. If you don't know. If you've never trusted Jesus. 
This is your opportunity. So pray with me. Father, thank you for today and thank you for your word. And thank you that, God, you have adopted us. You, you have made us sons and daughters through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And God, I'm so grateful that that's a real thing. It's not just, not, we don't just look at that as, a, as a, a, a spiritual truth. God, that is the real family that is portrayed in our earthly families. And yet we've made such a mess of our earthly families. God, help us to look to you as our Father. Help us to run to you as our Father. God, help us to show others what it means to have a heavenly daddy who loves us and cares for us always. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.